again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. Seton Hall women's basketball coach Tony Bazella is a longtime friend of the show. He's done a terrific job at the Hall, taking the Pirates to the postseason in six of his nine years in charge. It would be eight in nine if not for COVID pandemic reasons. This season, after a slow start, Seton Hall made it all the way to the WNIT championship game before falling to South Dakota State in the final. How will the Pirates use their tournament success as a springboard for a great 22-23 season and beyond? Well, here to discuss that and more, including the incredible run to the WNIT final, is the head coach of the Pirates, Tony Bazella, on Pirates Talk. Tony Bazella, thanks so much for giving me some of your time. You're always gracious in that regard. The last time we had you on, your team was about to begin playing the WNIT, and you said, Matt, we're going to win this thing. We should be in the NCAA tournament. We're one of the top 50 teams in America. We're going to win this thing. You came awfully close, Coach. Congratulations on a great year. Matt, thank you. Um, I'm just really proud of the kids. Thanks again for having me on. Um, you know, you know, I enjoy talking to you. Um, I, I just, I was so proud of the kids, Matt. I mean, it was, it was a great road. It was, I, I think, an experience that our kids will remember for the rest of their lifetime. From the first three home games here, having amazing crowds. I, I turned to my associate head coach, Coach DeFalco, in the third game. On the first play of the game, it was so loud. I turned to her and go, this is unbelievable. Like, it was the chance of defense were, like, deafening. And, and we win that game coming back down nine with about four minutes to go to win. And then we play three amazing road games in environments um sold out 2100 people at columbia we bring over 300 fans our band dance team cheerleaders it was an amazing amazing uh, you know ex experience um atmosphere and then we go to middle tennessee um their man or woman hadn't lost at home all year and uh they, they you know they they, they pack over 4,000 in there and uh we win that game. We're up 22. We blow a big lead. And then, you know, we down four with a minute to go. And we come back and we win that game. And then we have to go directly to South Dakota State, which you can imagine how difficult that is from Nashville to South Dakota. Um, or Murfreesboro, where we were. And, um, you know, they sell out at 5,000 fans. And, you know, it's funny. We're getting off the bus and they're booing us. Now, <laughs> thankfully, we're from the East. So, you know, our kids are like, oh, yeah, bring it on. You know, <laughs> and it was just so unbelievable. It was such a great guy. And, you know, they completely sell out. and. It was amazing. Like our president came and our, you know, vice president, Pat Lyons, of course, our AD, Brian Felt, our associate AD, Caden Colitz, and uh, Jay Judge, another one of our um, senior associate ADs. I mean, they came on all these trips and it was amazing. Just like they said, the atmospheres and Matt, it taught us so much. And and I know we're going to 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 benefit from this next year and and get to the NCAA tournament because playing six games in two weeks, there were only four teams left playing at the end of the year. We were one of them. Um, it's just, it, it taught us a lot. It really did. Well, on the eve of the championship game against South Dakota, I saw a, an article written by Sabrina Merchant in on a blog called Swish Appeal. And, you know, I, I don't know whether she follows women's basketball uh, religiously or, you know, whether or not she's considered a real national source and treasure in covering women's basketball. But her point was that other teams who were in this year's NCAA tournament took their success in the WNIT and ran with it. So she referenced South Dakota, the Coyotes winning the WNIT yep. and then becoming a regular part of the NCAA 
tournament and the Arizona Wildcats and Michigan Wolverines and teams that used it as a stepping stone. And, and you're saying that's the exact feel that you get off the team's participation, your success going to the championship game. Yep. UCLA is another one. And, uh, and, 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 you know, to have this experience that has vaulted Arizona to the women's final four, Michigan to the women's elite eight, um, you know, South Dakota to a, uh, a sweet 16 um, uh, birth this year. Like it, it helps so much because you're used to playing in different environments, different, you know, playoff games. We played eight, no, six, nine playoff games this year, three in the big East tournament where we went two and one and six in the NIT where we went five and one. So, you know, you know, we played, we were seven and two in playoff games. You know, you don't, some teams don't play nine playoff games for nine years. We played nine playoff games in one year. Like, you know, that said a lot for us and it's going to really only spur us the desire to get back to the NCAA tournament and also to be successful in it as well. And I want to apologize here to uh, Sabrina Merchant. I used her work. I wanted to credit it. And I think I might have accidentally disparaged her work. I'm just not familiar with oh. it, which is why I said I, I don't know where she stands in the co women's college basketball scene but uh, or where that blog is considered But because I mean, yeah, there are a lot of voices blog, out there. I, yeah, I will tell you that blog, the Swish Appeal block, blog, is run by a gentleman named Mike Robinson, who's one of the premier sports blogs for women's basketball in the country. I think it's the number one blog and him and the staff, not only do, you know, excellent, like, you know, articles on games and stuff, but they do tremendous um, pieces on investigative reporting. And they were the people who actually first started when we had Deja Simmons way, way back. I think I might've done a blog with you way back. I mean, uh, an interview with you way back when she was being, um, you know, denied um, NCAA eligibility as a, as a grad transfer back then. Um, he did an investigative report and his report actually helped open the eyes to the NCAA and to Alabama, which we were trying to get the waiver from. And we ended up getting the waiver from it. So that Swiss Appeal blog is by, by them. They do a really good job. And, and Sabrina's work is, is excellent, as you pointed out. Then I am appropriately humbled and I apologize if uh, no, my, my intro uh, was anything less than enthusiastic because it was a terrific article and it opened my eyes as to what some of the teams who are having recent NCAA success, uh, how they've kind of gotten there and how it sustained them. And so certainly we wish the best of luck to you and the Pirates the rest of the way uh, in using the WNIT runner-up run uh, to uh, to great success uh, moving forward. But you bring up a good point. You played all those Big East games. Uh, you wind up losing to a Villanova in the semifinal. Then you jump right into the WNIT. It was all part of an incredible finish to your season, 16-3, and three. Uh, I, I was looking back on it just just to make sure I had my numbers right. I mean, at the end of the calendar year, you're six and six. You'd lost to Villanova only by three. You're one and three in the conference. Then COVID hits and you miss two weeks. Still, by the end of January, you're only eight and ten overall, three and seven, and then woof, sixteen and three down the stretch. What the heck happened? I guess we we we, we um, you know we really stayed the course. I, I give Lauren Park Lane a tremendous amount of credit. Um, she knew she wasn't playing to her abilities, even though her numbers weren't bad. She wasn't playing great. Um, she took it upon herself to to get her teammates more involved, to to really basically say, I trust you without maybe them not even earning it yet. And then Andre got hot. Um, she went back to form. Sydney took her game to the level that we expected it to. And, you know, then we had some unsung heroes like Amari Wright, 
um, you know, Katie Armstrong, and of course, Maya Bembry, she took her game, you know, tenfold. She became a great defender, rebound the ball better. And I think we just started to get some confidence, Matt. You know, we started to, you know, win a game here, then you win another game. Then all of a sudden you get, you know, you, you get your confidence back. And then, you know, and Lauren said, listen, we're not, we're going to take one game at a time. We know, you know, NCAA is a long shot, so we're just going to try and win tomorrow. And then we're going to try and win Wednesday. And then and that's what we did. And we started winning all those games. And, uh, you know, it wasn't because we didn't have the talent, but we just, we hadn't played well together and we hadn't played together. And, you know, I give, you know, certainly Maya Bembry and, and, and Andra and, and, and Sydney and LP, you know, you know, the yeoman's worth of the credit. They, they, they were amazing. And then kids off the bench like Amari and Katie and, uh, you know, Curtisia Dean, they were fantastic. Well, of those last 19 games, the losses came to what? Creighton in overtime, Nova in the semis. Double overtime. Double yeah. overtime, and then the championship game. So, yep. I mean, it it, you, it was just a, a marvelous run. Six teams from the Big East go to the postseason. Uh, four on the NCAA, or uh, on the yeah on the NCAA side, and two on the NIT side. Uh, what does that say about the Big East, and what's next for the conference? And, and like I said, after the Big East tournament, you know, I, I was very outspoken how good our league was. And, you know, I think a lot of people were just looking at net numbers and this number. No, we have a good league. Our men have earned that reputation in the Big East. You know, you know, see, no one was a sixth place team in the Big East. And there was no doubt they were getting in and deservedly so. But Xavier was a seventh place team in the Big East at, at um, eight and 12 or nine and 11. And if they had won that, they didn't lose in the Big East tournament. They probably would have got in. So, you know, they had, their numbers were fine and okay, but they had had earned a reputation of the Big East represents itself well. Well, this year, obviously, Connecticut went to the finals. Creighton went to the Elite Eight. Villanova went to the round of 32. DePaul got in. Um, Marquette went to the Sweet 16 of the WNIT. We went to the championship of the WNIT. I think we showed that this is a heck of a tough league and that, you know, when it's time for selections, you can't just look at, Oh, our net is 70 and um, power five school B is net of 63. So they're better. No, that's, that's not fair. And that's what I was trying to say. And fortunately, as a group, the six of us went out and proved, you know, that we are good teams and we are, you know, when we're facing other teams from other conferences, you know, we face the first place team from the um, CAA. Um, they didn't win the, their conference, but they were the number one team and we beat them. We played the first place team from, you know, you know, um, the eight, you know, a 10, whatever, or uh, Ivy league, the second place team. Like, you know, we played all those teams and then, and, and we were able to beat them. And, and I think it showed a lot. I mean, I, I was really just proud of, you know, our, 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 our desire, our intensity, um, just, just our willingness to compete. And uh, it's going to help us so much, but I think our league overall really, really showed that showed off that, this is a good women's basketball league, too. Yeah, Creighton ruined uh, a storybook season for uh, Iowa and uh, Caitlin Clark, yeah. and she was everyone's darling. I mean, it wasn't much that she couldn't do on the basketball no. court, but they were able to win and beat Iowa. And uh, So, yeah, I think uh, you're right. The Big East did prove itself. And so and, now and, – uh, And one thing I do want to add, uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you, one no, thing no. I don't want to forget, you know, Creighton and I have a tremendous rivalry. I mean – they don't love playing us and we don't love playing them. It's just, it's just, it's, it's like, it's a tough game. Do you know, before we played South Dakota, the Creighton coach picked up the phone and called me and said, listen, this is what they do. Well, this is what they do because we're in it for each other. 
and, and as competitive as we are in the Big East against each other, because we all want to win, we all help each other. Do you know the night of the uh, uh, of his semifinal game or the day before the semifinal game, Coach Roryama called me up after we won our semifinal game and said, hell yeah, great win. I'm like, you know, you got a game tomorrow in the National State Finals. This is a great win for you guys. Doug Bruno texts me after every game. Villanova woman, a- after all our games, she's going to the round of 32. Our league makes us better because as competitive as we are against each other, we also support each other. And that's what I love about the Big East. And it starts with our commissioner and, and on down. And, you know, we, we, we are a family. You know, we fight with each other. We want to win, of course. But when we go outside the family, we protect each other like anything. Yeah, and and that's obvious on the men's side. It's talked about all the time, yes. right? And so it's good for you to mention that it occurs equally as well on the women's side. So what's the immediate future like for you, your staff, the players? You know, what takes you into next year between now and the start of the season? So with our season um, going, obviously, so much longer, um, we are going to give them the rest of the semester off. They'll lift a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. A few of them want to come in and do some workouts. Um, so that'll be great. But it's all voluntary. Just relax, rest your bodies, clear your minds, catch up on your schoolwork. I mean, we were away a lot. Um, you know, we're recruiting obviously a lot in the transfer portal. Um, and um, you know, we have three kids graduate, um, um, and they're going to. Um, with a year of eligibility, so they're going to go and uh, look for other places. Which you know, I don't play them. They they, they want to have a you know a, more of a playing experience and play more. Um, and then obviously we had a couple other kids um, leave as well. But you know, for the most part, you know, all our core kids are back. Um, kids that want to be here. Um, we return three starters and uh, two of the top players in in the Big East, and then uh, obviously Maya Bembry. But we have a you know some some really special players. Um, um, you, you know that didn't get a chance to play. They're going to play a little bit more. Uh, Kayla Harris, um, Victoria um, Keenan's coming back from an injury. Amari Wright, who played tremendous for us in the playoffs. I mean, made all the key plays at the end of the game. And, and I think she's gonna have a great chance to, 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 to become a starter on our team. Um, and, and, and really just, you know, just do, uh, played fantastically for us. Um, you know, so we're excited for those kids. We had, uh, you know, a couple uh, uh, our transfer alley um, transferred in from BC. So she, she's going to have a great chance to start for us as well. And, you know, we're going to bring in some other transfers. We have a couple commitments already. Um, and we're working on a couple more. Um, so, and we have, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 a team that's eager and excited to, 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 to play here and represent Seton Hall. Our, our culture has never been better. I will say that. I'm really proud of the culture that our kids have developed here. So especially important. Especially the ones that are here. Yes, yep, so, it really so it's so important for any program to have that. And, you know, over your years there, the winning has been there. And this was an extra special year, I know, for, in so many ways for you. So um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the transfer portal in a little bit. But uh, in terms of scheduling, the success you had this year, does that change some of your non-conference games? How's that shaping up? Well, we're, we're actually going to play Columbia now in a home and home. It was such a great game with such a great atmosphere. And there will be picked second in the Ivy League. We're still going to play Princeton. Um, we, we play Fordham. We're in the um, uh, U.S. Virgin Islands tournament, which is the number one uh, or number two now tournament in women's basketball. We will play in that tournament. We'll play um, um, VCU, Wisconsin, and Georgia. So that'll be a tremendous challenge for us as well. Um, we're going to play Rutgers. Um, so we got them back on the schedule. So we're really excited to um, start up with that rivalry with that uh, their great program. So we're going to go there. 
um, in early November, I think our second game of the year. So we're excited. They uh, were able to reach out to us and we were able to work out the date to begin this uh, re, uh, rivalry once again. So that'll be exciting. And um, we have um, one more main opening. Um, so we're still debating on who we might play and, and what um, team will play, but it'll be a good schedule, you know, um, playing in that U S Virgin Islands tournaments, playing Princeton, Columbia, Fordham, um, obviously they're good. And then of course, uh, renewing our rivalry with Rutgers will be very exciting. Yeah. It sounds like a great schedule. Plus okay, the big East, like you want to, yeah. you want to play a, a good representative non-conference schedule, but you don't want to kill yourself along the way because you're going into no. the, the lion's uh, den, uh, once the yeah. big East begins. Yeah. And we play big East games in, you know, uh, early December. So it's like, you got to get a couple of games under your belt that, you know, you, you know, you know, you know, you're going to get your confidence and, 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 you know, hopefully be successful. Um, you know, it's just, it's, 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 it's a challenge. It's a, it's a balance. And, uh, you know, you, you know, you all of a sudden you end up in December, you know, you know, ho- home Yukon at, at, at the pole, you know, and you're like, geez, the hell did I do here with my schedule? <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, but, uh, you know, the kids are excited. Um, you know, Lauren, Sydney, they, they, they're fantastic. You know, my, my memory, and they, they, they're just really good players. Well, it'll be here before you know it. So the transfer portal, it's such an important part of men's and women's basketball you and I were talking before we, we began this recording, and I, I term it the wild, wild west. I don't know that it's a good thing. I, I'm someone who is in favor of athletes' rights. I think there was a time when the athletes got screwed a bit. If a coach moved on, then if they wanted to move on, they had to sit out. And if it was within a conference, they had to sit out two years. And I, 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 I But I think it might have gone too far the other way. I mean, you're looking to your left saying, all right, is there anybody on my team want to leave if I treated them well? I think I have. I'm trying to develop them. But is somebody else talking in one ear to them saying it could be better over here? Meanwhile, you want to re- improve your team. So you're saying, well, who can I get here in the portal that will help make me better and improve this program? Oh, my goodness. What a world we're in. It really is. It, it, it's so difficult. You know, I, I just I, I agree with you. I, I, I think the rules in the past were way too restrictive and, and they were not fair. I, I, I do think, you know, you know, if I do leave as a coach, I also pay a penalty. It's called a buyout. Like, you know, in my contract, if I were to leave tomorrow to go to any school, I have to pay the school a, a sum of money to leave. Like, you know, so I am paying a penalty and I'm not saying the kids should be paying a penalty of financial to leave, but I think we've gone to the one extreme now where it's becoming there's no patience anymore. And it's hurting a lot of kids. It's hurting the high school kids because now we're, we don't want to take as many high school kids because I used to take four and then I'd be like, well, two will play, two will sit for a year or two might sit for two years, but they're going to be good players. So I got to get them stronger. I got to get them faster. I got to get them, you know, developer. Now I don't want to do that because they'll probably just leave if they don't play after a year. Cause there's no, there's no penalty. There's no thing holding them back. And it's just so hard. And then, you know, you have some really good players that you've developed. Now, you know, our school's talking to them when they shouldn't be talking to them. And, you you know, you have that. And then, you know, you want to, yes, we use the transfer portal a lot. I've always had a lot of transfers. I'm a big believer in second chances. and I have visions for kids. And, uh, but I also believe that we've got to get some consistency and continuity back in the sport. It's, it's, it's hard enough in the men's game where you're after all, all these kids are out after a year or two because they can go pro and stuff. But in our game, it was a lot pure because you basically had the same teams year after year. Now 
were those rules too restrictive? Yes. But are they too lenient now? Probably. So I think, you know, I think we really got to take a good hard look and be like, how can we balance this out a little bit? Because these high school kids are really going to struggle because if they don't come in and play, they're going to want to leave. And if they do come in and play, who are they playing at the expense of? And is that kid just going to leave? You know, and it's it's just tough. I, I just, I don't know the answer, but I know this is not healthy. I mean, I think we talked, there's close to 1,200 women's basketball players in, in the portal. Division one, there's more overall. There's only 5,000 scholarships or 4,000 scholarships. So 25% of the scholarship kids are already transferring. That's amazing. Yeah, in one year. Think about it. So if the same thing happens next year, that means 50% of the kids have transferred. 50%? Like, that's not good. It's not healthy. And how am I, you know, you know, going to tell a kid, no, you can't go, but trust me, you're going to play in another year, when they could say, listen, I'm, you didn't play me this year. I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Like, you know, it's hard. And I, I don't like it. I, I don't. I really, I don't, and I utilize it probably as much as anybody, but those are the rules I'm given, but I would love to bring four high school kids in and that four high school kids graduate. That's my dream. It's just never going to happen anymore. Yeah. It's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. So what does the rest yeah. of the off season look like for uh, Tony Pazella? You know, you talked so, about the so, team and everything yeah. else. But yeah. What about you? So, so we're excited. We're, you know, we're, we're, um, you know, just honestly going to finish up recruiting. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking for a new assistant because Marissa Flagg, my longtime assistant and, and, and a young woman who played for me, um, left, um, to, uh, work for, um, uh, overtime elite. It's that boys high school, um, like prep school that, um, actually pays high school players to come and play. Um, but she's more of like, a um, an overall mentor, like leader of the boys and, and teaching them life skills and stuff, which she'll be great at, but she moved to Atlanta to do that. So for the first time in a while, I'm looking for an assistant coach. It's been many years. So, you know, I'm looking at some former players and some great candidates to, 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 to come back and fill Morris's, uh big shoes. Cause she was, she, I, she, she'd been with me for nine years here and, you know, five years at Iona as a player. So, you know, half her life. Um, you know, so we're going to do that. I'm going to try and uh, uh, we'll do the Big East meetings in Ponte Vedra in, in, in end of May, which are always great and entertaining. We have a lot of new coaches on the men's side, um, some new coaches on the women's side. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things. You know, it, 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 are we going to expand? Is Gonzaga going to come in? That's been a big rumor. Gonzaga comes in. Do we go divisions? Do we not go divisions and now go 22 league games? You know, how is that going to work? Because that's a strong rumor. Um, we're going to talk about even if we don't get an expansion, do we want to, on the women's side, go to 16 league games to give some of the other teams uh, an opportunity to schedule wins at the bottom and on top schedule more games against Power 5 teams? Um, those things, I'm going to take you out on the golf course. That's something that we talked about, so we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm excited to do that and, uh, you know, spend a little more time with my family. My my son's graduating from NYU. and. Uh, so proud of him and, and, and Joe um, uh, graduated um, from the film school there and will be moving out to California in early June. He got a job with Lucasfilm, um, which is so exciting. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So we'll be doing that. And, 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 and Bardia, Seton Hall uh, alum, as you know, and, and, and Mo, um, another Seton Hall alum, Magarani, I can't even pronounce his last name. They both have reached out and are going to help watch over my son. And then my daughter is engaged. So um, congratulations. 
thank you, a year from August. And uh, we'll So you have begin... to keep working. Not that you were thinking about retiring, but you have to keep no, working. No, no. And uh, she just got her um, – she's graduated from PA school um, at College of St. Elizabeth, and she's a senior undergrad. Um, and then she'll start work on May 2nd. So um, we have a lot going on in the Bazella household, and my wife and I will be celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary. So I got a lot going on. So a lot of I'm good excited. stuff. But but I have to tell you, the the phone calls and the people that I met through this run have been unbelievable. And, and, and just the phone calls and, and the tweets from, you know, our current Governor Murphy to um, Governor Cody gave me a call and I've known him for a while. And just, you know, our president being so, so visible at these games and supporting and his wife supporting our, 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 our girls players was was tremendous. And, you know, just so many people I reconnected with a lot of former alumni came back and, you know, it was nice to see. And yes, the goal is to always make the answer of the tournament. There's no question, but this NIT run was really special, Matt. I think it did more for us than just a first round NCAA exit. I think, yes, that's the next thing now. We got to get to the tournament. We got to do that. We got to build on it. But this set us up for a lot of success in the future. And these girls deserve a lot of credit for what they accomplished. Well, and you and your coaching staff for helping to guide them there. Tony, thank you so much for your time. Uh, enjoy the summer. It'll be busy and the season will roll around before you know it. Thanks again for speaking Matt, with me. Matt, thanks for having me. You do tremendous work and, uh, and I appreciate everything you do. And go Pirates to all our fans out there. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk. Thanks to a men's basketball head coach, Tony Bazella, for his time and his tremendous support over the three years I've been doing this podcast. That support is very special to me. And based on the great campaign his Pirates produced, I think Pirate Nation is in agreement that we can't wait for next season to begin. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks to Pete Crimmy for his work as the sound engineer on today's podcast. Pete's terrifically talented, and it showed today as he stepped in for Pat Christensen, our regular engineer, who's spending some R&R time on the slopes at Whistler in British Columbia. It's a treasure to have gifted people like Pete and Pat assisting in the production of Pirates Talk. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Lachlan. Until next time, be safe, be well, and let's go Pirates. Pirates.